part two chapter three of life and lillian gish this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by john brandon life and lillian gish by albert bigelow payne part two chapter three the lasco delivers a verdict nell wrote that she was to become a mother lillian awestruck replied i can't talk to anyone about it not now i want it all to myself for just a little while i am with the biograph but none of my pictures have been released as yet we'll let you know the names of them i have signed with david belasco for next season and we open here in new york on christmas eve at belasco theatre although it is a good company i have a very small part i'm going to do pictures on the side so that is some help well i must get supper but she could not carry the biograph work with her rehearsing in november she wrote i was worked to death my last days at the biograph and then i was so excited when i started to rehearse in this new play that i couldn't even eat the name of the play is the good little devil it is a fairy play and we open december tenth in philadelphia and christmas night in new york i play morgane a fairy lillian enjoyed rehearsing when it did not last too long there were some half a dozen of the fairies and they flew flew wonderfully suspended on wires pulled from somewhere below by eighteen strong germans she loved the flying sensation so much that she would go before rehearsal time and rehearse a little on her own account she tried all the wires and the big germans delighted in sending her soaring into the air in the play she was the gold fairy that flew highest and there was one scene where she rested on a wall velasco watching the rehearsals one day was asked by a reporter what he thought of her looks velasco sent a glance at the slender figure on the wall at the unearthly face surrounded by a tumbling mass of gold most beautiful blonde in the world he said and next day that label found its way into print and general circulation not long ago a month or two before he died velasco qualified a little he had not then he said seen all the beautiful blondes in the world perhaps he should have said one of the most beautiful but as velasco had seen a very great number of beautiful blondes probably the pick of them the verdict will be allowed to stand as reported especially as it was never questioned lillian's beauty was not then what it became later as revealed in the white sister for instance in romola in la boheme and more recently in uncle vanya the good little devil did not follow any of the announced dates it opened successfully in washington or philadelphia and was in baltimore for christmas they gave two performances that day during the second of which there was an accident serious enough 
though it might have been worse in the act where she landed on the wall she left it with a step down of six feet the wire of course lifted her down but in this performance something was wrong and she literally stepped into space the sickening helpless feeling of expecting support and finding none the fall made her quite ill her understudy had to finish the play i cried all night she wrote nell i was so lonely and broken-hearted she was apparently not injured but terribly shaken and then the audience had laughed mr belasco hurried to her dressing-room to comfort her the audience was not laughing at her he said but at the incident she must not mind that everything was going to be all right it was but the shock had weakened her back in new york with another hard siege of rehearsing before the opening there griffith as was his custom each winter had taken his company to los angeles dorothy with them lillian to save money lived in a tiny room at the marlton hotel in eighth street and with a sterno lamp cooked her food which consisted of tin things and tea weakened as she undoubtedly was by her fall this was but poor nourishment on which to meet belasco's strenuous rehearsals january eighth nineteen thirteen she wrote it is now three thirty in the morning on wednesday and i have just returned from a dress rehearsal we open tonight and everything has to be just so we rehearsed until four thirty yesterday morning nell i don't know how to thank you for what you have offered me you both can't know how wonderful it is to have someone offer me a home and how i would love to follow the desire of my heart and come to you but i can't i can't because i have to make my way in this world from now on mother has worked all her life surely it is my turn now the picture you painted for me in your letter made me cry because i was reading it in my dressing-room and i happened to glance up at a mirror and there i sat all false with paint and cosmetics covering my face and it came to me what a distance it was from my life to yours mary was getting a good salary and had bought her mother a car lillian said to her one day how happy you must be mary to be able to give your mother so much her own weekly twenty-five dollars went such a little way the room one had to have a decent address took so much of it and clothes one must make a decent appearance and the extras a new coat a mistake it looked well but was not warm enough she was far from well and knew it mrs pickford and mary insisted on her seeing a doctor who told them that she was threatened with pernicious anemia and would die if she did not change her mode of living they spoke about it to belasco who offered to send her to florida at his own expense when he learned that griffith had offered her work on the coast at double her present salary 
he had once agreed to pay her fare to los angeles she hung on until the end of january postponed until she was warned that unless she went at once it would be too late they did not tell her but they were by no means certain that it was not too late already so she surrendered belasco bought her ticket to los angeles her mother was already on the way out there dorothy wrote of glorious california sunshine it made her better to think of it and then at the end a tragedy the eighteen strong germans who pulled the wires and adored her went to the train with their own little brass band to say good-bye ah me she had somehow told them the wrong station a heartbreak one that could not be mended she travelled by the los angeles limited and for the first time in her life knew the full luxury of a pullman on the way she wrote i am going on and on with miles upon miles separating us it seems but it is not so dear as we are just as near to one another now as we were in the old days when we used to take john halifax and go to your room and read can you ever forget those days and will they ever come back again i am going to work hard out here and next summer or fall i'm going back to mr belasco but she would never go back either to nell or belasco four days later she was in los angeles earning a salary of fifty dollars weekly the hard days were over end of part two chapter three recording by john brandon